Welcome back, guys. DGS Punis past 5 p.m. Time for the Think Tank. Going to be a great win. We have a great group. We have tons to talk about. Uh, Alvin Reed is here. Good to see you, Alvin. How are you? You just take things for granted. It's going to be a great one. I'll oh, try. I do. I'll I try. Do. <laughs> no. I, I'm going to be on my phone the whole time. I, I got you. I got Stacey Washington. Good to see you, Stace. Hey, Dave. Tony Colombo is going to be with us. He uh, got called away, but he will be back. Um, he's my token libertarian. So, obviously, going to talk. start out with the impeachment hearing yesterday. Alvin, let me start with you. Did you watch them? No, I worked yesterday um, just really throughout the entire day. They were, it, they were starting right about the time I went to work and it was over before the time I got off. Um, I like to read stuff anyway. Um, it was interesting. I mean, you know, not as groundbreaking as some say, but some serious stuff. You know what? I might write your name in for president. I love, I did, he's so laid back. I love the attitude. I didn't like, I don't know, some stuff went down. I don't know. Yeah. I think but it's I mean, all going to be good. Worth, it's, it's, it's worth doing. It's worth hearing. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe for the first time there's people thinking like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to get off at this stop mm-hmm. rather than the next one or mm-hmm. the one after that. So you sense that maybe there are some Republicans or at least some independents who are becoming increasingly uncomfortable. I just uncomfortable. And I, I would... Uh, my my thing would be I would and I'm sure hopefully people have gone into the Oval Office or got an invite and said like is could, just just tell me the truth is anything else coming down the line I yeah. think we could, I think uh, if I'm GOP I think I I think we can weather the storm I think you're going to probably not have the votes to stop them from impeaching you but I think we can weather the storm unless it's something else you know it really bothered me yesterday this is a little bit in the weeds I talked about it at the the moment but this now infamous call. <clears throat> from last Friday that uh, Taylor brought up and basically like one of my employees was at an Applebee's in Kiev and they heard this and the president said that and then he said, I only care about the investigations that, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But what bothered me was six hours later when the president is doing his press conference with Erdogan and they say, this happened today. Did you know about it? And he says, no, that bothered me because someone should Tell him, hey, right. this just happened. And then secondly, he said, I don't remember it at all. That bothers me. Because if there's going to be evidence, or I think there is, that it happened, you should, I, re- I will remember who I called last Friday. Yeah, and I, I, the one that I don't remember it at all, I, that was the one. But like you say, the, the, I don't know, I don't believe that. I think he knows everything. I think he knows every word that's being said down there. I would. I would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. You don't have to be sitting in the... Uh, the courtroom, and I'm not saying he's on trial, but in, in just regular life, you know, there are suits and things like that that go on where you don't have to physically be in the courtroom. That certainly if someone drops a miniature bomb like that, but, but, but you somebody, know CNN's going to yeah, be pounding for the next week. You're and everybody would say like, hey, this is just what was said. Yeah. So if somebody asks you about this, either say no comment or yeah. comment. Be ready. Be ready. Stacey, so how much of it did that. you make through yesterday? Well, I was in D.C. at a Bring Our Troops Home event, a conference. I was on a panel there. And my big deal with the impeachment is it's a total witch hunt. And I wasn't going to, like, pull myself away from the conference to pay attention to it, Um, which, by the way, I'm really excited that there's now a movement to do that because we have the unending war in Afghanistan that's cost us $7 trillion. And really bloody results for our people, Americans who have PTSD, 22 suicides a day. I mean, it's so much more consequential. In fact, I think if we had more active duty service members and reservists who their parents were Congress people and the individuals I saw walking down the beautiful streets of Washington, D.C., one of the most beautiful cities in the entire world, then we wouldn't be talking about impeachment. Those Congress people would be fighting for the rights of veterans and um, active duty service members and reservists. They would be working on that. Well, that let's, being let's, said, talk, let's talk about that. We, we'll come back to impeachment. That way Tony can be on it, too. Let's talk about that. So it's now how many years? 17. 17 years. In Afghanistan. Uh, overall, 30,000-foot view. Do we feel like, well, we had to do it. We did everything we needed to do. It worked out fine, but it's time to go. Or do you get the sense, Stacy, from talking to the, the war fighters that it's, I don't know why the hell we went. It, we, we've lost too much blood and treasure. They're just going to go back to what they did as soon as we leave. What's your sense? 
Well, yesterday we heard from not just people who were on the ground, like boots on the ground, but we heard from leadership, but not the the generals. These were lieutenant colonels who were on a panel talking about the difference in the attitude of soldiers and airmen and Marines and, and Navy sailors from back when it was our initial incursion. You know, we took down Saddam Hussein. That was a huge victory for us because it was a strictly air war and not very many people were harmed. So then we go back from that and then we have 9-11 and a few years after 9-11, he said that's when he started to notice the shift in the attitudes of the soldiers. And th- it's that we're just going to be here forever. We're, we're over here getting killed and blown up and leaving our limbs over here in the sand for nothing because nothing's going to change and nothing is going to be done that's going to make a consequence here. And I've had a ton of people who either are Middle East experts or people who used to be on active duty and they teach in universities now and they come on my show and they talk about, look, uh, it's not a winnable war. So what are we doing there? So we don't have clear objectives. We don't have a clear strategy. I'm not downing troops. I'm not downing uh, military leadership. I'm saying that we're just there because we've been there, because everybody believes we can't be there. And it's really depressing. After we did the additional panels, we went into a conversation with actual wives, wives of service members who came back with PTSD, people who were on the brink, literally with a gun in their mouth every night, just about to kill themselves. And they talked about the just it's a complete grinding down of you as a person and separating you off from what is normal. Normal is well, if you've been on five deployments of 12 months to the Middle East, it is not normal to sit in a room like this and have a conversation. It's not normal to sit in a college. It's not normal to do anything except what you do when you're over there. So um, when you talk about the warfighter, it, they're not our primary concern. And as an American and as a veteran, it's shameful. And so I kind of felt, I, I even said, I, I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to a place where we have a conference like this with these people and have conversations on Capitol Hill and visit legislators and talk about why this needs to change. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not just the money for me, obviously, you know, I'm a oh, yeah. penny pincher with the taxpayer dollar, but I'm also thinking about the kids who they, they've grown up with no dad or no mom because their parents have been on these multiple deployments. And I'm thinking about the 1.4 million reservists who they're really our go-to now. They're our complete backup. They're not just reservists, weekend warriors. A lot of them are deployed so much, they're losing their jobs. So when you say, what are people feeling? Our troops are worn down. They want to know why they're there. They want to know why they're dying, why they're getting shot, why they're leaving their limbs. And I, as a taxpayer, want to know, when do we get somebody on Capitol Hill to care about this issue? So for every <clears throat> movement, there's an equal opposite you know, movement the other way. So who disagrees with you? Who p- politically, what people, groups, parties are saying, oh, Stacey Washington, you're crazy. We oh. can't bring anybody home. So here's what's funny. When I was looking at just I just wanted to see where do the political candidates stand on this? Liz Warren, who's pretty much the front runner now over on the Dem side. She made a quote to Rachel Maddow where she talked about. The 17 years, 7 trillion, the loss of life, the complete and utter nonsense of us being in an endless war. But then she said, but I don't agree with the way Donald Trump is pulling troops out. So the Trump derangement syndrome actually prevents Democrats from coming together with Donald Trump on an issue that they've been campaigning on since I was a kid. Ending wars, bringing troops home. Donald Trump finally got a president who wants to do it. They won't sit down with them because they're too busy trying to overturn the results of the 2016 election. Any other thoughts on that? Tony's in the room now. Kind of got hey off guys. on a very good tangent. Yeah. Stacy was in D.C. for a conference about bringing the troops home, so we kind of mm-hmm. went there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes when I walk in, if I if I am uh, a little bit late to the think tank, it's you never know. Sometimes <laughs> it's very high tension. There's people screaming at each other. Yeah. <laughs> so I always got to walk in and kind of take the temperature of the room and like. It's cool. Are we getting into a big fight or are we? <laughs> I mean, last week, I think you've both been on with Gabe Pfeiffer, the sweetest, yeah. kindest mm-hmm. man I know. I've never seen screaming Gabe. at the top of his lungs. I know. I've known Gabe for years and years, and I have never seen him get as emotional as I mean, he then did. again, it was Taliban that brought it out. Of me, I know, so right? I, I get if it. Andrew, yeah. If there's anybody that can, that can trigger even somebody as uh, calm as Gabe Pfeiffer, it's... It's Andrew. So we started with impeachment, obviously. Yeah. Um, Alvin was working, kind of got the he- the the headlines. Stacy was doing her thing, but also didn't want to give a lot of energy to it because she thinks it's a farce. Yeah, um, it's not going away. So what are we feeling? What are we thinking? I mean, if it does go away, it'll just they'll they'll move on to the next thing. 
I mean, you know, it's Kavanaugh, it's Mueller, it's impeachment. And, you know, it's just like, let's if this one doesn't work, let's find the next one that does. And I think people are sick of it. If I were the if I were one of the candidates, the Democratic presidential candidates, I would um, I would be personally insulted that the Democratic Party doesn't seem to believe they so much. They don't believe we can win an election that we have got to try to get this guy out of office. Sort of, sort of like Lori Laughlin paying half a million dollars to get her stupid oh. daughter into USC. All right. Yeah. Well, we don't think you can do it on your own. That's so. a great analogy. Yeah. I mean, election day is, it's, I mean, in, in political terms, it's right around the corner. And beat him at the, ele- beat him at the, at the, at the polls. He's, he's a weak candidate. He's not the, he's not the strongest candidate we've ever seen. I think that the Democrat candidates are even worse. They're even weaker. But I disagree with you on the weakness of the candidate. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, well, in if you look at it, it going into this year, he's I, I think obviously the strongest by far of all the people that are running. But Donald Trump has his is, in my opinion, has his weaknesses that a, that a strong, true Democrat could. Well, he certainly try to has exploit. a lot of people. He has a lot of energy around him. But when you're running as a socialist. You're not going to change anybody's mind. I, I don't think any of them are going to run, by the way. I don't know who he is, but I don't think any of those. So you don't think any of the people are seeing I, I don't think any of them I agree with you. Really? Oh, That's absolutely. interesting. Right. That's interesting. And you I don't think know who, any of the I have absolutely no run. idea who's going to be, but the I don't current. think they're going to run. Oh. They don't think, that any, he, he think any of them are going to be the ones be the at the done. end of the run. No, I do the, not. Yeah. I do not. You, what, what are your, where are you at on Hillary? Do you think that she's... Oh, no, 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 no. You don't think that she's going to end up running? That's... That's got 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 him the, the place we are right now. I mean, I, I agree. Know, that was the worst choice. But there are a lot of people, nah, Dave Glover, nah. that think that Hillary no, is going to happening. end up. No. He's, you, you, he's convinced. I, look, I, not to go on a, on a crazy tangent. Let's I still, go. I think the San Diego Chargers might end up playing in St. Louis. And people say I'm crazy, so I can't rule out what you're saying okay. because I I have learned oh I have I, I in, want both of these my, things to happen. By the way, listen, oh, yeah. I, want 30, I want Hillary to play for the Seattle Chargers. To run. Oh, I want Hillary. I'm to telling run you, my 35 plus, I have learned a lot. The jokes will not in this stop game coming if she runs. That, I know. Yeah, uh-huh. there is there is some smoke. So you better be looking for embers because the embers turn to fire and things can happen that you that you yeah. know, I don't think that's going to happen. Just like, you know, I, I really don't. So I, you I don't understand know you understand yeah. a lot more how the machine works. Hmm. So an individual like Hillary Clinton, who obviously has a lot mm-hmm. of name recognition and status and money, says, I'm going to run. <laughs> Does the machine say, no, you're not? <laughs> oh, yeah, because th- this is like uh, – Absolutely, because you said like we saw what you did last time. All right, so th- this is not happening. And the time um, for you know, uh, you know, Bob Dole's by me, but like, let's say the president wins le- wins re-election, doesn't win re-election, and Mitt Romney says like, let's do it again. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, the Republican Party said like, no, nah, man, we've been down this road, and it it, yeah. it, it won't work. He doesn't have the chops anymore because he's no longer a Republican. Well, I'm actually just basically using that as an analogy. I'm not okay. trying to guy attack who the lost. man or all that. Right. I'm just right. saying the fact that he he's lost. A, he's a person I look at lost. things in losing and winning. You make a good point. I'm the same way. Like, hey, the object is to, to, you know, to win the 2020 election for Democrats. Now, if they came to me and said, like, the, in a roundabout way, this is what all this is about. You know, if, if we could get one out of 12 more independents. Uh, moderate Republicans to vote our way. That's enough to win the election. If that's if if you're doing some math like that, then uh, you know go for Quick it. Quick break. Right back with more after this. Welcome back, guys. DG at the Think Tank. Alvin Reed, Stacey Washington, our very own Tony Colombo. Man, Stacey Washington just big time me on the oh. break, and she's like, "Can we circle around to uh, the president <laughs> not knowing about the call?" I'm like, "Sure, Stacey. Anything you want." She's like, "Because I was with him on Friday," and I'm like, "Well, well, well." So, yeah, I need to go ahead and disclose before we really get into the topics that Friday we launched Black Voices for Trump. It's one of the coalitions and we launched it on November 8th because that was the anniversary of him winning the presidency and making people cry on TV, which I totally loved celebrating. And um, as a part of that, he 
did what they call clicks and picks where you get to go in and you spend less than 60 seconds with him. You shake his hand, you each say something, and then you turn and face the camera and take a picture. And so we were there at about 1230-ish, and he arrived at about 345-4-ish. And so we got to see the whole thing where we went through security, and then we were in the big room, and we were waiting for everybody to gather. And then at some point, they let us out and put us in order of how we were going to get our pictures taken with him. And then we waited, and we watched as, I don't know, 25 law enforcement guys all dolled up. They went through, had their clicks and picks. We saw firefighters and and elected officials and people with pins, and we couldn't tell who was Secret Service and who wasn't because a lot of the dudes were buff and had on dark suits, and they went in and had their pictures taken. And then it was our turn, and we went in and had our pictures taken. So I'm I'm guesstimating, because we were out there for about an hour, hour and 20 minutes, that he shook hands with about 200 people. Then he went into the venue and spoke And then after that, he shook hands along the line and then he went off to the next thing. And he'd been to two fundraisers that morning when he put wheels down in Georgia. So I know as a part of the other scheduling, because I do get the White House press corps, like the emails from them, that he had events pretty much every day. He had some time off when he was in New York, but then he did an event there. And then, you know, it was back to the grind. I'm not saying that I agree that he didn't know, but I think in terms of what he wanted to talk about. You can buy it. I don't know is an answer that he probably would prefer than going into the details mm-hmm. of explaining that. And Oh, you're talking about when he said, I would, don't know what happened in right, the impeachment that he just, because yeah. I wasn't watching. He wasn't watching. Right. He, I mean, I think that part was true. He I wasn't agree. watching. And I really think he's focused on getting the coalitions together and launching them all and getting all of the different constituency groups that he won the last time, winning them by larger margins. So he's in campaign mode. Now, that doesn't mean he's not doing the job of the presidency, but I wouldn't have signed on to uh, Black Voices for Trump to be one of the 35 board members. It's a little advisory board. We're going to help with the campaign as much as we can. I wouldn't have signed on for that if I thought he was some kind of um, like, uh, you know, Ukrainian uh strong man or he was running around the world doing something that other presidents were doing. And I just want to make it clear, every president says to other presidents and, and leaders of these countries, we give you $1.7 billion in aid a year. And what we'd like you to do is blah. That's what the aid is for. The aid is not an, an act of largesse on our part or because we're just such wonderful people. We give aid to every country on the face of this planet even the ones who don't need our money like China, because that aid buys us leverage that we can tell them we want you to do X, Y and Z. Now, it doesn't always work, especially when we have lily livered, ham fisted individuals who don't know how to leverage you know, a billion dollars. But the president has already released the transcript. And that's why, to me, it's a nothing burger. Now, I've been reading on it. I, I will stay up to speed on it. But the idea that the president did something that other presidents haven't done is so ludicrous. I just again. If people didn't have Trump derangement syndrome and if they weren't trying to undo the results of the last election, then I could buy into, hmm, maybe he did an impeachable offense. But an impeachable offense is a high crime and misdemeanor. It is not, ouch, you beat me at the last election mm-hmm. and now I want to be, impeach you. So there's a huge difference there. I want to ask uh, both of you guys something because this is a, a topic that is fascinating to me. Stacy, your group. Uh, and then uh, my partner on the Weekend Report, uh, regular on this show, Chris Arps, is a part of Project 21. Both of these are um, African-American uh, Republican groups. We just talked to Burgess Owens the other day on the show, and um, he is very outspoken uh, in the black community. I know and Burgess. Is a, yeah, is a, is a Republican. And, you know, the, the, the battle for the black vote that the Democrats have, have owned for so long and if you are able to switch, not, you don't even have to switch, though. If you're able to switch 20 percent of the black vote, it would be an absolute game changer for Republicans if they can make inroads in that. Um, Alvin, what are you like? People like Burgess and, I'm, and, I'm, and I want to hear what Stacey has to say on this as well, uh, would say that, you know, uh, the Democrats have kind of uh, corrupted the the black community and and stolen that vote and and why in your mind is the are the democrat is the are the democrats the right party for your community 
Um, first of all, I can't even answer that question. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> We're going to need for, you to. Right. Yeah. You I, speak I, on behalf I, of I, all I black people. For all no, I know. Like I mean, that. I, I think you do. Not, I don't, yeah, I don't, thanks, I, Dave. I, you know, you're Miss Stacy. I just am asking wait, your, right. yeah, and your I also opinion. Don't I'm just asking come your on, opinion. I, look, I don't. It has never been my part to come on shows and campaign for people. Okay? Gotcha, gotcha. I just, I that's not my thing. Okay, all right. It's I'll tell thing. you what I think about different <laughs> issues and whatnot. But I'm, I mean, look, I look. It, it is what it is. Yeah, you but know? you would agree that that right. I mean the the power and, that the that the black community holds is is and, massive. And in, what what how people vote, okay, and yeah. how it's been voted is you come to your conclusion that like okay, this maybe is better than that. But this is not as bad as that. Well, yeah. I mean, let me ask it this and, and way. You know, everyone has to admit that the Democrats over the past 50, 60, 70, 80 years have done an amazing job at convincing black people we're your party. Yeah. In spite of, to You're me. You're not allowed to go vote for the other party is what they've actually convinced people of. Right, right. You not, are not Not allowed. even we're better, but you are not legitimately, authentically black. If you if vote you, for the other ones. Well, yeah. there's a lot of that in a lot of different circumstances. I mm-hmm. could say that, look, rural community, you know, what do you really get out of voting conservatively? And it really isn't a lot. And so thus. Yeah, I but think I, I think look we at, should keep it on the black community because the, the rural well, folks, none of those the, are represented Okay, black here. community. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, Basically. And because you are a Democrat. I, and I just, it, I'm, I'm not I, trying to put you on the spot, but it is one of those it, things that I get put on the spot a lot. How dare you vote for the Republicans? Okay, how dare you support Donald Trump? I, I under, and I'm not asking you how dare you, but I, I talk, am saying please? what, what have I, they done? Can what I have talk? they done? What I'm saying is, is that if you go back over the ions of history, okay, all right, that in American history. The Democratic Party, which but basically was the Republican Party before yeah, right. that switch stuff can't work. Okay, here. all right. Um, basically, if you look at it, I think in my eyes, I was better represented by the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. How now, so? you could call me a fool or stupid, no or name I'm calling. brainwashed or anything like that, Mm-mm. because all that comes, you know. But that's okay. I mean. That's fine. Like, uh, just just give me an example. Like, in what way? Like, culturally, economically, they cared more. Like, how? What appealed to you more about? I think there's a genuine dislike, okay, of what I have grown up in the house I grew up in, and how we did things and how we saw things. And I think there was a genuine dislike when I was younger of Republicans toward us, not because hmm. we were this or that just because we didn't represent what they stood for okay now this is me growing up and i'm born in 1960 okay now i'm not mad at anybody I never have i don't hold grudges i don't have anything like that but i still there is still in my mind a sense that whatever i do whatever my mom did whatever it is it's, it's not good enough okay well that's fine okay that's fine i just like to say the the best way to get even with people is not to win elections is to be a success yourself it okay? is. And I think that that's success in my eyes is is different than success in the Republican Party's eyes. But you're wrong about that, Alvin, because you are successful. And I can speak as a Republican person. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for the whole party, but I know you personally. And we've talked many times. Mm-hmm. We've had dinner together. And I know a little bit about your family. Not a lot, but a little. And I think I used to be in Bible study with your mom. So yep, still I have that. a little bit of credibility, I, I think, in saying mm-hmm. that you are successful. And I think that what you're saying, it's so it doesn't make any sense. No, I know no, no. What thousands I'm saying, of Republicans. Stacey, what I'm saying is, is that what, what, what I'm saying is, is that like, I'm not saying that I'm not successful or people around me haven't been or anything like that. But I think in my mind and I'm beyond thinking, it's just that Stacey, how you look at me is totally different than how a lot of people in America look at me and look at my mom and look at everybody else. Because I'm somehow weak. I'm somehow not as religious. I'm somehow not as strong because I have some liberal beliefs. Well, and that's what's infuriating. It's wait because a I wait a minute. So when you're I, saying I, the Republican uh, Party, you said Republicans don't view you as successful. Yeah. But I, I so I just I have to say when I'm looking at who I'm voting for, it's not the people. Because when you were talking about so I don't I don't get into uh advocating for political mm-hmm. people. Yeah, I, I would say previous to now, I haven't really been mm-hmm. that strong on one way or the other. I wasn't a George Bush person. I've never been a Reagan person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Trump person, but I'm advocating for him because I don't see anything on the Democratic side that I feel would be worthy of my vote. Okay, but that's fine. let's talk about it's... the platform, because one of my issues that with what you just said is you're talking about the way that they make you feel or have made you <laughs> feel as opposed to 
There's a Republican Party platform. And, you can read, and, and I support and the platform one. for the Democratic side. I mean, okay, that's, so but, that's fine. By far. But, I mean, but, but, but he's me, asking you, you about the You asked me whole... how I felt as a black person. Well, I just told you. Yeah, and I get that. That and is I appreciate a platform. Your input. That is the He but, asked me, you asked me, as a black person. Okay. okay? Well, and I answered as a black person. Now, if you want to talk about the platform. But you that's, haven't that's, answered that's, what the, the Democrats have done to earn the vote of black people. We're talking about, what, six decades in the city of St. Louis? What circumstances or economics or anything have improved under solid democratic rule for black people? Are their schools better? Do they all have air conditioning? Are they all accredited? Are people in the city paying less tax and getting more services? Or are they paying more tax and getting more services? Is there any metric that you can say the Democrats have been in charge of this? And but you're talking about the city success. of St. Louis. I'm not what, I'm going to defend the city of St. Louis well, or the city of whatever. Well, that's where the Democrats are in charge. Well, wait a minute. They're that's in charge fine. of our inner city and Milwaukee and Baltimore and right. Chicago. I don't know where this is going because, like I said, this is What just, have the Democrats uh, done that's for, worth For the city of St. Louis? What have the Democrats done that is that says I, I, they've earned my vote? Well, more, more black people graduate from college than any other time in history more black people make more money than any time in history and black people the technically are or have done better okay over decade after decade a little bit you know each going decade i don't think that would have happened okay without a democratic party now they don't have to be in charge they could be secondary they could be whatever but i don't think it happens because simply I just don't think the I won't say the majority. That's I always hate the majority. I think a lot of people in the Republican Party could care less what happens to black people. Stacey, why do you think that the Democrats are bad for the black community? Well, because the Democrats party platform puts forward policies that damage the traditional family structure, which for black America, we're at the bottom of that statistical heap for having intact families. And intact families have been shown, it's, it's incontrovertible that an intact family produces more college-ready kids, kids who graduate from college, kids who have less chances of going to prison or being arrested. And that intact family is the launching point for the entire success model that is America. And so I, I just go down to the very basics. When I look at the Democrats, I see a lot of people who live like Republicans, they save money. They look, they're they're in a uh, monogamous relationship. They're usually married. They have ch kids with that person, and they live very traditionally. But they advocate for things that are not traditional and do not lead to success. And so I just take the statistics. Such as, such as. well, <laughs> the Democrats advocate that we need more government intervention. In, let's just take, for example, our welfare system, which right now our welfare system is set up so that the only way you can receive assistance if you are a woman and you have children is if those kids' father isn't in the home. Well, without the dad in the home, those kids are more likely to drop out of school, not be on re reading and, and doing math on grade level in ages grades three and four. They're more likely to be in the elementary school to prison pipeline. Those kids are more likely to drop out of school in middle school and get jumped into gangs and get arrested. Alvin, what you respond right after this? All right. Welcome back, guys. DGS Think Tank. We have Alvin Reed and Stacey Washington. Stacey on the right. We have Tony Colombo, but he keeps getting pulled out because he's a very, very important man. Uh, so he will be back in momentarily. Um, mostly Alvin and uh, Stacey have been having a really interesting conversation about uh, African-Americans and the vote and Democrats and Republicans. And Stacey was just kind of making a case for the fact that uh, while some Democrats, a lot of Democrats, live, as she said, like Republicans and very traditional that the Democrat Party has been bad for African-Americans because uh, if for no other reason, it has pushed for policies that have uh, uh, weakened the families. Alvin, your Well, thoughts? one, I, I think the statement that said like a lot of African-Americans live like Republicans and have a father in the house and save money. I mean, think about what you said right there. You basically said that to to be a stable household and save money and all that, you're living like a Republican. I no, mean, I said living traditionally. You, I said you, living no, actually, traditionally. If you run back, you said 
you you did say live like Republicans. You, you probably no, didn't I said mean that. Democrats who are in charge live, live like, like Republicans, yeah, but, but I'm talking about traditional yeah, right, family but, values. Right, that then, doesn't have to be a Republican thing. Okay. You can call it whatever you want, right. but I'm talking about the mom and the dad living yeah, in home, right, raising But that's the kids. not a Republican and thing. And the rate that's for that for the black thing. community right. is 23 percent of black a, families are doing good that. Thing, you know, to live. It's great, the way but only 23 percent of black families are doing that. Seventy some percent of black kids are born out of for those of us that are in it. We take a different view, all right? And I will say that whenever you bring up- A different up, view from the statistics? Uh, um, whenever uh, you talk about welfare, the the federal budget, if it was, was our body, everybody in the country, black, white, Hispanic, Irish, whatever, is less than the tip of your pinky. And thus, I'm not saying the money's wasted or it goes to great good or whatever. It's- you know, it's just one of those things we argue about in America, and it's just like it really isn't that much. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. I would have thought it, it was a much bigger piece it's of not. Oh, it's, so uh, I'm I'm not looking at whether yeah. or not out of, out of the whole spending package it's a pinky finger. I'm looking at real people. We're mm-hmm. talking about real people, just like you and I are sitting here. Mm-hmm. And we're real people who are they're not experiencing the actual uh, the American dream, if you will, but putting it that way. So if we get hung up on the terms, Alvin, then we can't have a conversation. I will argue with you on the terms if you want. But what I'm saying is, what are Democrats doing on the economy? Not much. What are they doing on bringing home our troops? Not much. They, and that's, a, that's one of the things that Democrats have advocated for for decades. But the most central thing to what I said that you haven't really, if, what, no matter what you're calling it, whether it's traditional or Republican or conservative or Christian, or if you're saying it's an agnostic practice for people to be in intact homes, which prevents them from needing welfare, from needing a lot of different things that end up putting them on a path where they can't experience the American dream. Real people, no matter what part of the budget it is, these are kids who have so much potential, beautiful children who are growing up without the opportunities that they should have. And there's a government policy that kind of facilitates that. And the Democrats don't want to change that. And that is what I'm talking about. So labels on the side, I'm talking about real black kids who deserve a better opportunity in this country that I want to see succeed, who are not because Democrats and Republicans are fighting over how that gets done. And Democrats won't move on it at all because they hate Republicans and probably vice versa. But there is a formula for that success. There is. Okay. I mean, you're living it. You're living the formula for that success. It's true, but I mean, it didn't have anything to do with uh, really Republicans or Democrats. Sure. So, okay. But, but and it if works. you could make, I mean, I wish I could snap my fingers and, and and wish more dads stayed at home and took care of the kids in the black community. Uh, you don't have to snap your fingers. You know, more people could just vote for the policies that actually lead to. Oh, that, that would lead to black people being good dads. No, it. It doesn't. It's not like snap your fingers and all of a sudden. So, but so if, if, trying if black people, if black people yeah. voted overwhelmingly for Republican, that would be a catalyst for change in the black community. Absolutely. Okay. But, right. And you know okay. why, Alvin? I, okay. I, Let me asked, justify you said that yes. with one reason. <laughs> I agree. With, I, I, I well, you, you I don't said. think you agree with me, but I, I'll right. I'll say this: if no one's fighting for your vote because the Democrats already have it and the Republicans don't think they can get it, then. What is your vote actually worth? Well, why don't Republicans run a candidate? You've been to the city of St. Louis. I've said this for years. Why don't Republicans run some decent candidates in but the city of St. They Louis? They run the people that want to actually. But, but no, if, you know. if somebody said, no, you now have an unlimited budget run for. Yeah, but they don't have an unlimited budget. The, no, no, your people are, are Republicans are ultra rich throughout the country. Said like, hey, if we could win. You mean if like George a, Soros? No, no, no. And Bloomberg? Oh, God, we're uh, going there. Okay. Okay. All well, right, you what said I'm, they're no. ultra rich. They're can, not, can I, not can all I, can I finish my statement, please? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, is that like, hey, St. Louis, and I've always said that like, St. Louis is, is a town I've always said could be fixed because there aren't that many people. There aren't 10 million people in St. Louis. No, 375,000 people, yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah. If I were a means, I said like, you know what? I think I can win that race, okay? I said, like, I think a Republican could win in the city of St. Louis. But we put forth no effort to win. Now, you know how I know that? Because Rick Stream damn near won the St. Louis County executive. I voted for him, okay? Because the guy who was coming in, I said, I knew he wasn't no good, okay? And I said, like, there are a lot of us that think he ain't no good. All right? Stanger. And we saw that. A lot of the Democrats saw that and said, like, you know, this dude here, Rick, and I know Rick, and he's a very conservative guy, all right? But I said, like, you know what? We're better off. 
So this whole like you think everybody's so totally myopic that they can't see what you know what could technically be better in the long run. That's not true because we proved it in the county. He came from a whisker from winning. Mm-hmm. Then then Stinger almost That's lost funny. the primary to a gentleman who might be Republican. But still enough people said like, oh man, this dude, he got to go. Yeah, but so, that's the county. But I understand, but I'm just saying that I think a Republican could win in the city of St. Louis well, if somebody decided. Candidates have run for different offices in the city of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Republicans have. Yeah. They have not gotten traction. Because they haven't I, put the money forth mm-hmm. to win. Alvin, I, honestly, I, I can't speak to Republican Party mm-hmm. politics at the local level. I, I know a lot of Republicans, but I don't know anything about how the GOP does all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was only on school board, which was not a part of it. That's not yeah, partisan. I but I, I will say... It's interesting that you say the Republicans aren't putting forth any effort. They actually do door knock in the city. They do run ads on radio in and urban radio. The the Republicans do put forth an effort to get votes. The the bigger swell of what happens in the inner city with votes with with black Americans in general is that there is a huge stigma Associated with being a Republican, I, I understand voting that. for Republicans. I, I'm just saying, I'm they're just, considered I'm just to be racist. I'm just talking I'm about racist, mayor. For goodness I'm sakes. talking about mayor of the city of St. Louis. That's all. We'll take it up after this. Welcome back, guys. Really good think tank today. We have Alvin Reed, Stacey Washington, Tony Colombo, who we've all figured his game out now. He just drops a bomb and he walks out. <laughs> well, he showed his phone like it was very, very right. important. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, well, who was it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was wondering wife. myself, who was it? <laughs> hey, There's a fake phone call. I thought I asked here. you to clean up the garage. <laughs> right, I got to take this. Call me in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> any, any more? You guys want to keep going? You want to move on? I mean, well, you guys I, are having a passionate, I just, I important say, discussion. Because uh, I, I always, when I, I don't care how Alvin and I fight, whether it's on uh, Donnybrook, when I used to go on there, we would get into heated discussions. Afterwards, we always shake hands and we're always very cordial. And so if anyone's listening and thinking that we don't, I, I like Alvin. I respect him a great deal. And I think he has a wonderful family. So that's not that's not it. We're arguing over politics, which politics is a tool and people shouldn't hate each other over it. So I, I, I need I that agree. to be I feel the same way. I, yeah. I, I think that... Um, there's always been, and this is this is all America, that people look like Stacy and look at myself and say like, "Well, you're different," and I think that's the thing that it, I find most irritating throughout life. It's like, no, I'm not different. I'm I'm not different than anybody else. What we do you probably mean? share eighty five percent of our experience. Yeah, probably more or than more. that. And this this like where I was born or where you were born that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and and the the circumstances that you grew up in that makes a difference, but like. Okay, I used to do journalism, you know, workshops as a kid, and we did them at Forest Park. Most kids were from the city. And, and oh, 10, 12 of those kids went farther than journalism than I did. They had no school newspaper. They didn't have all the resources we had uh, in Kirkwood. And so I have a tendency to say, like, nah, it's not a difference. I wasn't different. All right. I don't know what, how you get from point A to point B and all that, but we're not different. Stacy's not different. You know, your family was in the military and people say like, well, because, well, because this, that and the other thing. But you had to have some drive and some gumption and say like, hey, I'd like to I'd like to accomplish this in my life. And I so that's the one thing that it, I'd it's say really like, interesting. I, I'm not I'm not what different. A, what a blatant example of soft mm-hmm. racism to say, oh, well, but you're different. Mm-hmm. You were born in Kirkwood. Yeah. And so it, it explains why you've been so successful. Yeah. But yeah. How or, does that not just, just and that's, punch that's in the, the face? thing that, you know, and Stacy would, you know, whatever, you know, her, what she stumps for and, and, and how she feels like, say like that seems like, well, that makes her different. I said like, well, no, that doesn't make her different. That just means we, because I used dis- to be a Democrat. I could argue disagree. politics from the democratic side better than anybody. I could make people cry. And I, when I, was look, a Democrat, I, I understand I mean, that. But that now also I, I was along those lines. I said like, now one of the things that I've always said is like, follow me. I'm, I'm, I, I'm conservative sometimes. He I is. mean, I'm conservative sometimes, and I wish <laughs> I wish I could get some of my conservative yeah. friends to just blurt out, "Well, when are you liberal?" I mean, there are times, there are beliefs. I'm sure you have. When are you liberal? That that that, that you know. Yeah. That you that that are liberal. Oh yeah, for and me, I'm for like, sure. I, I just come yeah. out and you know I I say it. I do it on the show all the yeah. time, and I hear like, "Did you you know like really?" I said yeah. like, "Yeah, really, right." And it's not that I am, like I say, by what you would label a conservative, but... Uh, I think that's one of the worst things about our, our state right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know who's to blame, 
<clears throat> but I know it because of the job that I do, that uh, you you can no longer call balls and strikes. I heard Chris Wallace mm. on Mark Cox today, and I know that Mark takes crap every week because he has Chris Wallace on. Chris mm-hmm. Wallace, Fox News Sunday. That is a great guest. And he will take crap from the quote-unquote core 97.1 listeners who say he's a liberal, he's a communist, he's against Trump. And Chris, who I like a lot uh, and tend to agree with a lot, was just saying, look, I'm not advocating for anyone. I'm not rooting for anyone. I'm just calling balls and strikes. Mm-hmm. That's what I try to do, and you can't. Because if you call any pitch that Trump throws a ball— you are out. And to that point, you can't be, you can't have belief. Like, Evan, mm-hmm. you just said you have beliefs on both sides of the aisle. Like, that's not allowed now. It's like, it's like the two sides are, have drawn a line in the sand. It's like you're either on this team or you're on this team. I was saying yesterday on the show that I feel like there are less uh, swing votes or moderate votes nowadays than ever before because everybody has gone on to their team. And, you know, you're not going to be swayed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to go, well, I didn't like the way the president has handled this one issue. So now I'm going to vote for a socialist. It doesn't work like that. They're mm-hmm. just they're they're either on their they're just dug in on their sides. I agree. Uh, and do you think both of you I'm a big proponent for um, third, fourth parties. I feel like the two party system. Is, I'm not is damaged, <laughs> damaged, but I don't not be on repair. Um We'll come back to it, but I was just yeah. saying, like, if you're a conservative, there's something that happens that makes you more liberal, and if you're a liberal, there's something that happens that makes you more conservative. Well, that's just and a that's, human minute, experience. You're not all in on one I'll, side. I'll tell you what that is. When you have kids. Because when you have kids, okay, all of a sudden, you know, you're saying, like, okay, I used to do this when I was a kid, and you're never doing that. Okay, you ain't never doing that. But then these kids that you have are growing up, and we had them like 38 years old and 40 years old. So we were older when we had our kids. So the kids then, what kids are doing today, not illegal or anything like that, it's kind of like, really? You know, y'all have co-ed sleepovers at people's <laughs> house and y'all 10, 11 years old or whatever. So that, that would never happen back in the day. Dad, it's all right. So I no, no, okay, all right. Well, so, it's not all right over at say, right. Washington, yeah. but okay. But I, I'm yeah. just saying that you know, like things like because we never did that either. But I know people did, yeah. and you kind of. I just like, heard about those for the first you know, time this week, and, and you kind of think to yourself, "Okay, while that never would have happened when I was a kid, it happens now, and there's no something to it." So that, you know, maybe I, that absolute no becomes a all right, no, okay. Let's do this. Um, right. We'll take it outside of race. Let's just take it. Politics and just common sense, reality. Uh, taking, if we can, taking out Trump's Trumpiness, mm-hmm. okay, which I can't stand either. Just results. I like it. <laughs> just results. <laughs> what do the Democrats think is broken when the Dow keeps hitting records, 401ks keep going up? Dave, black unemployment is at the lowest, lowest rate in the history of tracking black unemployment. Also the same for teen unemployment, the same for Hispanic unemployment. Female. So female unemployment. The the metrics for right now, just in America, regardless of your race, quote unquote, which isn't really a thing, your ethnicity, you have, you're earning more. Our median income is up. Median income is up over 10 grand. So a family of four in America is now earning 10 grand more than they were before. The business tax cuts, as much as everybody talked about how they were going to make everything go to pot, we business is booming. Everything is looking pretty doggone rosy, except if you turn your gaze over to, you guys have it on CNN in here, if you look at Washington, D.C., it looks like a total pile. Meltdown. It's just going to garbage. But everything else in America, especially for people who don't pay attention to politics, the happiest people I know, Hmm. oh, my goodness, everything's going fine. And the other parts that I think are really interesting is that there are some conversations, if we weren't talking about impeachment, that we could be having right now, like we talked about bring the troops home. But there's some other things like the the Higher Act, I think it is. Uh, They're actually moving some departments, like Department of the Interior. Um, They're moving that out to... The hinterlands, the part of America that they're managing, they're moving the employees out there. Now, the employees are mad, 600 of them. They are all looking for jobs. They want to stay in the Capitol. But 61 of them have said, we'll take the training, we'll move. 
The reason they want to move them is so that areas that are being managed by the federal government have the federal government employees who are managing them in that area so they're closer to the problem they're supposed to be addressing and to spur job creation. That is a conversation I would love to see argued on CNN or MSNBC just to talk about it. You don't have to agree with it, but what could it be? Uh, Unintended consequences, whatever. We can't even talk about that because now Pelosi says Trump says he has committed bribery. Are you kidding me? The president of the United States is bribing people? I'm just, when when you talk about the polarization, which is what you're talking about, where if two parties and nobody's listening, I feel like, If I could just turn on CNN, because I don't have to turn it on. It's on everywhere. They pay everybody to keep it on all the time. And they would just talk about the black unemployment rate being low, talk about the business environment, talk about the jobs, the consumer price index, talk about some of that stuff. They don't have to compliment President Trump. If they would just cover it, then when Alvin says, well, you know what, Stacey, Democrats have so-and-so in the city, I wouldn't be sitting here thinking, yeah, right. I'd be like, oh. Tell me more because I would know that he'd heard some good news from my side. And so let me hear something. Now, I'm getting the information. I'm reading it. But I don't like listening to people who refuse to hear one bit of good news from what the the president has done just because he's a Republican. Tell me that I don't know anything about X, Y, Z, whatever it is. There has to be some equity. There is none for this president. Ninety eight percent of the news about him is bad. How can that be? Well, the two Burger King had on Fox yesterday morning when I got my two croissants. So where were I, you? I was in. Uh, I guess that would be Sunset Hills. Oh well, of course, Sunset Hills. <laughs> I'm just saying. That, they, they had they had Fox on oh. as I got my croissant. So what? <laughs> I was at the airport, so you know all I saw was CNN. You know it. So what do the? Okay, it seems to me that the Democrats are looking for a revolution. To me, uh, uh, elections should be about incremental change. Okay, the Republicans are doing this. We can do it better. But the Democrats that I see are talking about throw it out. Throw it all out. We're starting over. It's a revolution. And, and I said, like, I don't think any of them are going to run. I I agree with that. Like, that whole thing is like, ah, you know what? You're, you're, you're in a situation where state by state, you're doing all right. You know, like if you just focus on that and lead lead the president to his own devices, you know. So, like, Alvin, does that drive you crazy? Oh, you know, the kind of hardcore left part of it, because you're you sometimes have conservative ideas, but yeah. you're definitely a Democrat. I, no, I just think that I said like just like I said four years ago, we could come up with a better candidate. Okay, I, I, that, and that I think that's I think it's why they lost. What about the socialism? Like, but are I don't, you okay I with that? I think socialism is thrown out there. They're the talk coming from candidates. You know, sounds as whatever you want to call it. But it's not socialism. Socialism is to take and 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 control disperse. the means of production. Right. And and it's not it, it's Bernie not Sanders and AOC are advocating for socialism. Uh, okay. All right. At least wealth distribution. At least wealth yeah. distribution yeah. or whatever it means. At a massive okay. scale. And that's I just, mean Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic yeah, socialist. socialist. Right. But so, I'm just saying like that's nonsense. He's not going to be president of the United States. He wasn't going to be if he he'd have lost worse than Hillary did. But right. he's dragging right. your party to the left. I, well, we'll see. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not gonna I am I'm not gonna the perception of what the Democratic Party will be will change between now and when, I love uh, that when, you, that when you don't somebody think. is nominated because <clears throat> none of the individuals who are at the top of the polls right now are going to run for president. I love uh, that. I, I, just, I, I am fascinated I by that have belief. No doubt about that. I am. And I'm, I'm over and here. I'm and, like my hands are together. And, I'm praying. And, I'm and, I, and I, I please let him be right. And I've God, said please. on this show that, but you're, know, you're talking to a guy this the who thought a man named Barack Obama could not be president of the United States, and I didn't think Donald Trump would beat Hillary Clinton. Now I thought, but they were both uh, in the race I, at this time. I, I thought that it would be close, the second one, but I didn't think that that was going to happen. So I'm over two on the last two ones. Yeah, you okay? and me both. All right, and that doesn't mean like the day I went and voted, I you know, didn't have any idea. But I'm just saying, like, when, when we were in this point in time, right. what, 12 years ago, I like... But for somebody you know, to get in no that's way. not in now and win the nomination would be completely unprecededented. But, but to get so in we're, 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 we're in unprecedented. Obama? I agree. We're, we're, Alvin, no, no, Michelle no, no, Obama? No, 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 who? Who, no. who gets in at this point? No. I don't know. Michelle I don't Obama know. would win. I, look, I think that it doesn't have to be I a think. name person. I, I, think I think, like, we should have been four years ago. I said, like, man, fine... Some junior senator. Find some some guy in the house. 
Do you have anybody by yeah. the next Barack Obama? Right. Yeah. Do you, you have know, anybody that Do you have anybody that you would love? I would love to for see? the you know the guy getting about zero zero point one of the vote is the the governor of, of uh, Montana. Uh, is that like, Bullock? Yeah, that's a, Bullock or Ansley? Go or find him, and you put him on a national stage, and he says like, "All right, this is what I'm for, and this is what I'm against, and I'm just as democratic as all the rest of these people out there." Yeah. But hey, and they're getting booed, right? You at, know, at hey, the booed, debate. Right. But he's like, "Hey, look, I had a house full of guns." <laughs> but hey, that's what I'm I talking it. about, it's Alvin. Yeah. What what yeah. I'm seeing when I look at the reactions from yeah. Democrats, mm-hmm. if you look at the polls, real clear, real mm-hmm. clear polling averages, and then mm-hmm. if you look at the different ones, CNN, Epsos, and all those weird name mm-hmm. polls, they show that Democrats on the whole have been moved further left by the Bernie Sanders <laughs> revolution, and that when people like the guy you're talking about, when they come on the stage. You just said it, Dave. They not only but, get booed, yeah, they get torn apart. But, but here's the thing. That's the part of the party that, like, okay, where were they at, okay, when Hillary was running? Well, they were voting. But what contingent of your moderate base, your your um, independence, did you lose that you could get back? So it uh. isn't a matter. Like, the, the, the far left, just like just like black people, don't necessarily win or lose elections. You got to convince middle class white people to vote for your candidate. That was the success that Barack Obama had. Everybody says like black people won the election for Barack Obama. That's that's complete and total nonsense. nonsense. It is. You have to appeal to to, and you said it's very narrow and it gets narrower yeah. all the time. But you got to appeal to that group of people. It's true. And and you know that's the candidate. So like, look, okay, like I said, this is where I'm coming from. This is. You know, God, I so hope you you're think right. that Montana I hope you're guy right that, could, because uh, I don't even, I've like seen him one time. I think that type of Democrat <laughs> would do better in a national election, to your no, point. No, 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 but I just don't know that I'm they're going to win the nomination. Yeah, yeah but I just because don't know how thing, they're going to win the nomination. For one thing, he might win his own state. Normally we end it here, but we got you here, and it's right. flying. Let's do one more. Oh. Welcome back, guys. DJ as doing an extra think tank, because we have a great panel here. Stacy <laughs> on the right, Stacy Washington, yeah. Alvin Reed, Tony Colombo. So... Um, I'm just watching. Yeah, no, he is great. not. I think Tony's flame throwing. I think that I drop the bomb and then I get out. Unless Rudy Giuliani, Sondland, or Mick Mulvaney roll on Trump, he nothing happens. He'll he'll be impeached. He'll be acquitted. We'll, we'll move on. Same thing. We we went through this the you know a few years back. Yeah, kind of same way. Look, it doesn't, same matter. Thing. it doesn't matter what they do because the Senate's not going to throw him out. They got the votes. So and let's assume that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that. Somebody from the current 2020 uh, race is the candidate, maybe even Bloomberg or someone like that. The nominee. Uh, and, the, the, and, and they get beat. So mm-hmm. Donald Trump wins in 2020. Ginsburg, I yeah, mean, God love her. That's I mean, what the whole thing is about right there. Trump 2020? Yeah. I mean, yeah. More he's going to get at least one more justice. Oh, yeah, I think so. And let's say that or she like, went through yeah. a Star very, Trek. Very somebody, might re- somebody might resign, you know. Uh, to put a younger person in there, I could see that happening. Um, yeah, if uh, you know there was like a, a Star Trek replicator, and you know, oh my you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, this is why we're friends. you know, you came back said? out, yeah, and um, was was thirty years old. Uh, I I don't think Donald Trump would have as many friends as as he does now, because quite frankly, I think nothing would change if the Vice President of the United States was the President of the United States. Mm. And I, I think that that whole – all of the energy is, is getting Donald Trump reelected. And this is not Donald Trump hate or anything like that. But they really, really, really want to win again. They don't want to lose again because that would set in, in, in force more you know, conservative federal judges. But most importantly, you would have like a, 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 a even one more vote. On a majority conservative. That's all politicians, the, though, isn't it? They all right. The, the sides. Really, 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 no, no, no. Really I'm just saying right now. I'm yeah. just saying yeah. right now. Right. I think but I, I don't think it diminishes the support for President Trump because no, on the ground, no, I, people no, are, no, I are agree. supporting him because they I, feel he's I, successful. I agree with you 100. percent What I'm yeah. saying is, is that if I'm in a position of where I'm safe, you know, in my jurisdiction or whatever, I might not be as quick. Because to side with him all the time. What and I'm not mean? saying they're right oh or right. Goodness. I'm just saying that. His polling with Republicans I, is 85 Stacey, to I understand 95% that. depending I, on I, which poll. What I'm saying is, is that 
there is this thing where he is the only person that could do what he's doing in the office right now. And I, I honestly don't believe that because I don't believe that of any president. I think uh, basically what your platform and what your foundation is, is what it is. And it thus, is. But I, I, I'm saying to you, if it was John McCain, who's the president right now, mm-hmm. I know he didn't run this time. But mm-hmm. if it was uh, and I, I really like Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked Ben Carson. I liked almost all of them. But any Mm -hmm. one of them as president right now with the kind of opposition they're facing from the Democrats Mm -hmm. because of the Supreme Court and the the nominations to the judiciary Mm -hmm. would have crumbled already. That we haven't had anybody this strong. Oh my god. I mean, I just disagree with that. I know. And I, I, and I, I, mean, I respect that. But yeah. I got to tell you, right. from from sitting around at the debates and talking with friends and mm-hmm. sitting around with politicians who, you know, they mm-hmm. know how Washington works. This is a very unique s- yeah. scenario. But I, just, I, 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 I don't like I, disagree I don't like that. Trump. And I do agree with that. Yeah. I do agree mm-hmm. with he is the right kind of bully, <laughs> hard headed. I'm going to win at all costs. Jeb Bush is not going to get this. Oh my goodness! Done what's being done. He would have already crumpled in front of Nancy Pelosi. The right. day with the red coat I, I, and I just, shades I would just, have been I, his I, last. I just moment. disagree. I, right? You never, you know, across a hundred tissues, you never know what you do till you put under pressure. So you I know. know so I, I know twenty twenty is pretty far away. Twenty twenty four is kind of silly far away. But mm-hmm. let's play twenty twenty four. Trump wins again. He replaces Ginsburg at least, mm-hmm. maybe even another one. Mm-hmm. He has four more years of Trump. What the hell did the Democrats do? Like, do they triple, quadruple down on the wealth Extreme distribution left. thing? Uh, yeah. No, I think or do they the, come back well, in the middle? I mean, let's go back to the fact that you won the House, okay? All right, you won the House in, in uh, 2018. So it's viable to have success. Most presidents, very few, don't win two terms. So, like, if Trump were to get reelected, it isn't like, like oh, my God, something shocking and irregular it's happened. Expected. That's expected so then you go on from there and just like you have whoever fatigue or this fatigue it, it's that's just an american thing yeah you know i and, tell me if i'm wrong because you guys are the truly you guys are the, the the experts the pundits seems to me that the two most impactful presidents arguably we've ever had are back to back barack obama huge impact mm-hmm. i mean the the nation moved so far to the left in those eight years and then Donald Trump, mm-hmm. bam, so impactful. You know, I mean, we are really spoiled when it comes to that because the last two presidencies have absolutely moved the country. Yeah, but that's a product, I think, of the times as much as anything else. And that's not taking anything from either two gentlemen. I just think that that's where we are right now. And I mean, everything is like that. I mean, you know, we talked about I don't know, people who were born, you know, they were, saw the like, you know, hey, hey some, some guys in the Wright Brothers flew an airplane and they were still alive. When a rocket went to the moon and people walked around, well, technology-wise and and financially and our interconnection with the entire world in the last you know twelve years has changed. You know, I would totally, echo your comments because I I was thinking about this the other mm-hmm. day. I was thinking about how um, some story, some story in Hong Kong, I think it was, and I was reading it and I was just kind of feeling crushed about it. And then I just for a quick split second, I remember getting up every day in high school. And reading the Stars and Stripes. And I and the Stars and Stripes, when you're stationed overseas, the, the paper that you get is all about everything that's going on in Germany and, and mm-hmm. Asia and, and everything. And so I knew what was going on there. And I knew big stories in the U.S. because they would be on CNN. But I didn't know the little stories. But now I can know little stories about kids in China. You know, so I for a second, it felt like in that moment, I realized how the world had shrunk from me only learning about regions of the world to knowing about everybody all over the planet all the time. And I think what you just said just then about Barack Obama and Trump being in that era, the age of the, you know, we actually have smartphones that have more data than most people read in their entire life. We read in a day, you know, a few hundred years ago. It makes a huge difference. So I think it does mean that there's an exponential potential for change. But it also is weird because things have changed a lot. But they really haven't changed a ton. If you look at just every day, what we do, the way we live, it, the, the people that we see, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> things have changed. Yeah. But they and, haven't. And, and, and not to be like, say, we're elites or anything like that. But one of the things that I've learned, you know, being overseas and whatnot, we have a tendency to think that, you know, we can read about other countries, but we really aren't all up in the business. And, and you know, we don't, we don't really know a lot 
about what's going on in France and all that because we, you know, we we're off watching a football game or whatever. Okay, I don't watch football. But the same is true. Looking back, we have a tendency to think that everybody's watching America, and it's not true. Yeah, but our culture impacts pretty I, I, much. No, every I'm not. Other I'm culture. not arguing with that. But it's if you, frightening. If, if you go knock on, you know, your average Parisian's door and say like, "Hey, what happened in America today?" and they look at you like, I, I, what "Yeah, but you, it's the same with what? Americans." No, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. I agree. But we I have agree, a tendency Alvin. to think that everybody is is around the world is wrapped up in what is going on in the United States of America. Now, governmentally, politically, their country might have be involved, but for the most part, people don't. Okay. Who's the president of the United States? Well, they know who it is. <laughs> right. They know who it is. Uh, what percentage of the people in other countries know who the president of the United States is? Oh, my goodness. I think a lot of them do. Uh, but what, what percentage? Just if you had to I'd say a majority of them. 60 or 70 percent of people in other countries know that our president's name is Trump. How okay. could they not? All right. There, okay. There's a Trump baby I, at every protest around the world. Have you not seen uh, that well, but thing? that, I mean, okay, so yeah. I show up with a Trump baby. That means that, well, what? people are wondering, what is that You're saying 51% percent of, of another country know who the president of the United States is. I'm not ready to go there just yet. Well, I'm and sure there's a poll president. online we could find that yeah. would tell us who, Am I the only one that just pictured Alvin ID? Reed with a real tiny Trump, Trump baby? baby? Yeah, I don't just have patting one. him on his Trump baby. Going, pro- going to protest. I know, I know. That's what he said, I show up with a Trump baby. I'm just, I don't have a Trump baby. You know what makes me sad is you're probably right. There probably is at least 50% of the whole country that are the whole world that knows Donald Trump is the president, mm-hmm. but less than 50% of Americans know the name of the vice president. I bet it's 20%. Stacy, mm-hmm. where do people find your show? StacyOnTheRight.com is where you can watch it live every day, but if you want to listen to it on your phone or your tablet or whatever, it's listen.stacyontheright.com. Tony, what's going on Weekend Report? Uh, we're talking to Grover Norquist this weekend. Oh. So, yeah. He's still around, be, huh? Yeah, still around. <laughs> I hated to say this. I, I got to be on. <laughs> Dave is yeah. so introspective. I, wait, I was, when you said that, I'm looking like, <laughs> No, wow. he was a big deal in the last one. That sounds like huh? a good interview. So, yeah. yeah. Donnie yeah, Brook. I remember him on Time Magazine. He looked 80 then. Donnie Brook. Hey. 80s, the new uh, 70. Well, I hope so. That's I'm true. 59. I'm like, yeah. Donnie Brook, uh, St. Louis American. Alvin does not look. I, I will. I, I'll host good. your trivia contest. Just call. No, it. you could. You could do a little color in his hair and send him to college. I'm and, telling you, he looks good. I started too late. I always tell people that. I say like, man, about 20 years ago, I should have started dyeing my hair. I walk. I walk in there tonight on TV and my, my hair is jet black. I'm just like, what's up, dude? Please God, do it. Yeah, yeah, please do it. I'm just saying, oh, I, we're waiting I, on him to do this. You are know we what? Not? Have me on Donnie Brook. I'll wear a wig. And, 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 yeah. and you, you, know, you have jet black hair. I, and I'm going to tell you, when I do it, I'm saying like, Dave Glover told me <laughs> to dye my hair. And I did it. <laughs>